following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bang! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 54 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Stank. Stank, how are you doing on this lovely Sunday? Dude, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. It's uh, it's been a long week. It feels like we had the the sale this week, uh, but uh, we're finally through it all. Hey, sp- speaking of this of the sale, shout out! I want to give a shout out to uh, the wonderful people at home who went out of their way to purchase one of the beautifully designed T-shirts that you made. Uh, I I knew there was so there was two designs that we put out. The first one you showed me, and I was like, this looks so fucking cool. I was like, it looks like Taika Waititi fucking directing our T-shirts <laughs> because it very much had like a Flash Gordon feel to it. Like, you know, it was like an 80s yeah. rock opera. I was like, oh, I love this. This looks awesome. And you had told me, you were like, ah, I might come out with like a second design as well. The day you put out the, the T-shirts, I'd fallen asleep early. So, like, I, I wake up, and I, I've, I, I literally wake up. I look at the design. And it's uh, a Warriors parody, and I'm just like half asleep reading it. And I'm just like, oh, like the PWT cast, nice. And I look at it, and it's like featuring Scrump and Stank. And like I read it in like the Warriors voice, and I was just like, like half asleep, like, uh huh, that's fucking awesome. It's a big hit. A lot of people like it. Uh, I wanted to give a sh- specific shout out though to Jesse Kohlenberg, Joshua Davis, and George Cruz for purchasing the, the T-shirt from us. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you to everyone who's supports us purchases a t-shirt from us make sure to follow us on social media if you already aren't we're at pwtcast on uh, twitter and instagram go back and listen to some older episodes if you haven't already we've got quite a plethora of guests everyone from kylie ray to kevin smith yes that kevin smith uh effie vicky guerrero my favorite episode possibly the jericho cruise episode in which uh we open up with the story of uh unsolved the murder and uh, close out the episode with Dave and I pre- preventing uh, a death. Um, but Dave, I, I I'm over here giving people shout outs. I, I have to give one specifically to the the belated birthday boy himself, uh, friend ah. friend of the show, uh, wonderful human. He's he's like my older brother that because he has no younger brother, I have to be annoying to him. You know, like I I think you and I both connect on that level where he has no other siblings. So as you and I, people with siblings, we we have to we have to give him. He's shit. the middle child between us. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. He has to be the middle child between us, just so he knows what our poor siblings had to endure. Uh, of, I'm speaking, of course, of none other than the owner of uh, M3 Toys, sponsor of the show, stupid Michael Heredia. Michael, uh, love you. Happy belated birthday. He's probably listening to this and going, "Oh, I heard you." Or Vinny will tell him about this but uh Vinny also friend of the show sponsor of the show at cryptic closet make sure you're following them uh both empty toys and cryptic closet on social media but, uh, uh, yep. we had a fun time at his house this weekend yeah it's friday uh his his wonderful wife monica she was like hey uh you know do some of you guys want to stop by for pizza she's like nothing big you know covid's still a thing so it's not like it was a ton of people there it was just you know maybe five six of us there and uh we were you know we came over michael had smackdown on we had some pizza so good frank stopped by frank and melissa and boy was matthew mortified when uh old old bray wyatt came on the screen 
Yeah, you, you just hear that that weird like whiny tone from his theme music, and then all of a sudden he goes, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt. Oh no, oh no! And he just and like it, you see the cartoon speed clouds from his feet. Yeah, like, like if any of you guys have seen the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what it yeah. was. It was almost it was almost eerie, similar to the scene to the one scene in uh, Justice League, not Justice League. Uh, what is it? X Men, the one where Quicksilver and he's like he's like running really quick and everything's just slow around him and he's just like yeah. drinking orange juice. It was like that. Like poor Matthew, his, his life flashed before his eyes. But that's always fun. It's always fun seeing kids get scared of wrestling. Um, yeah. But yeah, shout out to Michael. Had a lot of fun there. I, I kept trying to convince him to. So he drives a Tesla. I don't know if you know he drives a Tesla, but I I keep trying to convince him to get the feature on his Tesla where it auto drives to him. Like yeah, what is the point in owning that car if you don't have like the fancy auto drive feature? You, you could have got any car. Yeah, you could have got any car then. But like I I just imagine the way I pitched it to him. I was like, listen. I could only imagine going on a first date with a girl and I, t- I told him, I was like, this would be my plan. I'd be like, Hey, let's meet up there. Like, you know, okay, cool. Just for the sole purpose. Not listen. Normally I take a girl out on a date. I, I pick her up, go open the door. I'm an, I'm a gentleman. All right. Cecilio raised yeah. a fucking gentleman over here, despite me using language like that. She was a gentleman, but I would be like, Oh yeah, let's just meet up over there. And you'd be like, Oh, okay, that's cool. And then, you know, like we'd be, again, this is also yeah. You know, Mind you, in this imaginary world in which I own a Tesla that self-drives, it's also COVID's been, a, you know, there's no more COVID. Um, it's gone. It's gone. And so, you know, be like, oh, okay, yeah, let's leave. And we're in front of the restaurant and be like, oh, yeah, let me get my car. You know, it's coming. And she's like, what? Like, yeah, it's coming. She's like, but, but there's no valet. I'm like, oh, no, it's okay. And then my fucking Tesla pulls up by itself. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah, this thing self-drives. Yo, your your ex-boyfriend didn't have a self-driving Tesla? <laughs> Yeesh. And I imagine after that, you know, I would tell her all about my podcast and the time I won the Freelance Halloween Battle Royale. But nonetheless. Sure, the Funko uh, Pops. Yeah, sure, Funko <laughs> Pops. Hey, speaking of Funko Pops and toys, uh, I, went a little, I went on a little hunt this weekend. Uh, last night. I went and did some groceries, and I realized, oh, hey, I'm at a Walmart. I should see if there's any uh, AEW figures here because those AEW figures have been talk of the town. Everyone's they're, they're selling like hotcakes. Oh yeah, everyone's trying to get them, and I figured, hey, why the hell not? I've I've got nothing better to do. Uh, I was able to find an AEW title replica, pick that bad boy up. Uh, last one actually. They also had the wrestling ring, but I don't need it. You know, like I, I don't really. The figures I do have uh, are properly displayed in the studio that I'm recording in, which I, I had to put up all this uh, soundproof foam. So hopefully it sounds better for you guys because it took a long time for me to put all of these sheets up. Uh, but after that, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'll hit up another few Walmart, see if I can find any figures uh, to no success. But the the one thing I was also also on the lookout for was um, I I've I've told the story every time I buy myself toys I always feel like real guilty like my I always just hear my mom's voice in the background like oh you shouldn't have bought that so I go out of my way and I buy my nephew's uh, stuff as well you know figure hey let me let me spread the wealth let me spread the love my youngest one easy because he's still a baby 
So I just buy clothes because I'm like, oh, I know his mom. Yeah, I've seen how fucking messy this kid is. His, his mom needs yeah. more clothes for him. But the older one, you know, it's every week he's into something different. So it's always like hard where I'm like, hey, is he still into this? And my sister's like, no, he's into this now. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, well, right now he's super into Fortnite. So I figure, oh, I'll get him a Fortnite toy. How much does a Fortnite cost? Uh, and I walk over and there's like a thousand fucking characters. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh. And so I call my sister. I was like, hey, which one does she like? You know, she's like, oh, he likes uh, Zippity Doop and Zobbity Dorp. And I'm like, uh, what do they look like? She's like, no clue. I just, I know he says those two names a lot. I'm like, all right. So I'm just like, at like, I'm like, well, they don't have either of these two here. I'm like, so, and then plus, like, the characters did have their didn't look cool. So I was like, I oh, probably doesn't like these. And so, I, like, at every Walmart that I would go to, I'd be like, hey, they have a uh, gloopity glop. Huh? Does he like him? And she's like, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I've never heard him talk. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And finally, like, I'm at, like, the last, I, I stopped bothering with Walmart. So I'm like, I'm at a Target because I needed, like, I forgot what it was I needed from Target, but I go there. And they have just like a plethora of toys and i'm like i don't know man they have this fucking hamburger dude and this banana guy i'm like what characters and she's like oh i just asked him which characters he likes and he said he likes all of them i was like fantastic i've been running around for the last hour trying to find the exact like you know glipty glop that he fucking yeah. likes and in the end i probably could take yeah i was just like i could have got him anything and he would have been fine uh but i i immediately though felt regret for my parents because I know that when I was younger, I'd be like, I want a Power Ranger toy. And they're just like, okay, cool. And I'm just like, no, not this Power Ranger toy. I wanted fucking this specific one. Ugh, why didn't you guys listen to me? And I can only imagine poor Alberto and Cecilia Lara running through these fucking uh, Toys R Us's at the time looking for this specific toy that they have. Like, no none idea. of this makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, listen, and it would be different if, like, nowadays because nowadays i could just pull up the toy on like a like on the computer and screenshot and send it to their phones back then we didn't even have a a desktop i mean computers were a thing but we didn't have a desktop for me to like print it out and show them it'd be a lot easier but i guess the gist of the story is i'm just going next time i'm just gonna buy my nephew everything and hope that he likes it you know like i'm not even gonna like oh what is he into now fucking uh star wars cool i'm getting him every star wars everything and i that way, I don't have to worry about like, did I get him? Did I get him the right figure that he wanted or not? Because he'll like just, one of them. <laughs> what's up? He'll like one of them at least, you know. Yeah, he'll listen. He'll be bound to like one of them. If not, he'll be like, man, my uncle really fucking has a shit taste in Star Wars toys. Um, you know, you gotta do, uh, if, uh, get him V Bucks. V- you should have got him. I'm just gonna give him my debit card and be like, "Dude, this is the pin. Yeah. Fucking go for it. Figure it out. I don't, you know, just keep keep it under a hundred, please." Uh, but like, also on, on on toy talk, toy talk this week with Scrump and Stang. Um, I I mentioned around my birthday, I, I purchased a, a clerk signed hockey jersey along with a Brendan Fraser live action mummy set uh, from the wonderful people, friends of the show, over at Lilu Multiprops. And I saw this weekend that they were getting stuff signed by Brendan Fraser. I've since received my clerk's jersey. Um, I'm just waiting to, to get that framed up and very beautifully display. Uh, but I saw that they were getting stuff signed by Brendan Fraser, you guys, which means pretty fucking soon I'm going to have that uh, 
mummy live action playset here to to display in the office which i'm super excited i got to show paul and mark uh paul you know my best friend um been on the show before and mark villanueva who we are advertising for episode 69 uh yeah. you know wonderful guys my, my right hand man i got to show them the office and they were just like whoa holy shit they're like this looks so cool and i was like yeah like i mean dave and i were a couple of nerds and i i did my best to show people that i'm gonna i'm gonna try and clean up uh clean up the place and, and take a nice video to show you guys uh dave and i will also eventually be doing some some live stuff you know some live recordings in here so be on the lookout for that we're still working uh, as well as getting things everything situated for our patreon before we just throw it out there you know we don't want to half-ass sure. something and and throw it out there or copy someone else's work and claim it as our own but uh <laughs> dave i met one of our neighbors this weekend and before we get to the interview you know oh. uh, before we get into the interview i need to talk about our neighbor so Mark and I, uh, we're we're counting all the crate shirts. We're getting ready for for crate pro wrestling crate. If you haven't already, go ahead and sign up. You can save twenty percent off by using a promo code that you can find online. Uh, there's a bunch of them. there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I, we'll we'll see if we can get one to be PWT cast maybe. <laughs> but maybe. we're we're counting the shirts, and there's these neighbors uh, across the alleyway, and they're they're putting stuff in a moving truck. And Mark goes, oh, man, look at that fucking pig. Like, I look over at the guy, and I'm like, well, I mean, he's, he's a bigger guy, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a pig. He's like, no. He goes, what am I, an asshole? Not him. He goes, the pig. He's like, what are you talking? And then I see him. I was like, holy shit. Giant pig. Like, this thing is about as big as fucking Jonathan Delgado. This thing's huge. Uh, I posted the I'll I'll, re, I'll post the picture I'll post the picture today actually on the Instagram and you'll get to hear the story tomorrow uh, behind him. But I walk over I'm just like dude I need to pet your pig and he's like yeah yeah go ahead and I'm just petting him. He felt really rough had a lot of bristles on him. Uh, I was like oh what's his name? He goes oh it's Hamilton. I was like oh nice and he just like takes a pause. He goes Hammy for short. I was like oh fuck you. It was amazing. I. <laughs> He's, he's my best friend now i love him more than anything uh he tried to eat my shoe but you know it's all right you know one from one friend to another i forgave him <laughs> yeah i saw a picture of that pig it's uh it's pretty uh it's pretty large gigantic <laughs> like, yeah like and that's the thing about like a lot of pigs like the joke is pigs are fat, and but like when you touch a pig, they're like solid barrels. Yeah, well, it's odd. Well, also these exact these neighbors as well. They have two giant fucking uh, what are those Beethoven dogs? Uh, Saint Bernards. Two giant Saint Bernards, also like like as big as they're like as big as me. They're huge, and I would see this poor yeah. woman walking both of them like. You know, each fucking collar or not collar, uh, leash just like wrapped around her arms. She looked like Kratos. They're just wrapped around her, and she's just like pulling these two massive steeds. She's and riding then, them in a battle. She could have, and this whole time there was a giant pig. All I, like all I could think of was, what other fucking exotic animals are our neighbors hiding? Yeah, these are the ones they're proud to show. Exactly. What are the ones that, like no one can know about these? And, and listen, it's uh, we're in Bucktown. It's it's a pretty bougie neighborhood. So yeah. Some of these people, some of these people, listen, these people have money. So 
yeah. there's got and I got to imagine I got to imagine one of these fuckers saw Tiger King and was like hmm I should probably buy myself a tiger yeah I could do that yeah uh, but yeah I, I, I miss Hammy I, I go out into the alley every now and then in hopes of seeing him and I, I fear that I won't get to see him again but you know what treasure, treasure the time that you do get with the people that you love because <laughs> uh, I'll never forget my experience with Hammy uh, you had the time of your life. I had the time of my life, Dave. But I, you know what I also, what also I had the time of my life with was uh, with this week's interview. We were super fortunate to uh, talk to two very fucking talented people. Like I, I mentioned in in the interview myself, I've always wanted to write a book. Like that's always been one of yeah. my things. I remember as a kid, uh, my my mother still to this day has this like school assignment that I did. Um, that's like what do you want to be when you grow up and it was like astronaut uh movie director and writer uh astronaut you have to be good at math for also i saw interstellar and i was like oh i don't want to be an astronaut leave my daughter behind um so i quickly gave up on that dream um director i still listen i fully have plans on making a movie uh yeah i have about 40 unfinished scripts uh all pretty derivative of each other pretty much the same you know but you know what do you say uh and i wanted to be a writer as well and i feel like writer director is basically the same thing but i've always wanted to like publish like a book or a comic book um which i mean we know comic book writers so that actually would probably be easier than yeah that i think about now saying it out loud i feel like an idiot but uh you know, we had these guys reach out to us uh, maybe like a, a month or two ago, actually a few months back now, uh, about, they were like, hey, you know, we have this this wrestling-themed children's book coming out. We know we kind of want to promote it. Uh, but then it was really early, so we were just like, well, let, let's wait a little bit so we can talk about it closer to its release. And we got to, there was such, it's four different people with four different schedules and us just trying to make it happen. We finally were able to make yeah. it happen super super happy that that we did like i remember like talking to you where i was just like oh god damn it i was like i hope they don't feel like we're we're like ducking them i'm like because it's definitely yeah. the, i was like it's not the case i was like it's just you know uh we'd agree on one day and like on, their parent you know like there's like oh this issue came with my parents or you know work or, or kids and that's for all of us but we were finally able to sit down and talk with them i'm of course talking about uh ryan Schro and nicholas camilla uh, who wrote and illustrated Edsus for Suplex, a children's book. Um, if you go over to Trism Books, that's T-R-I-S-M Books, you'll be able to purchase the book itself. It's really fun. It's a ABC book uh, for kids with like different wrestlers involved and very fun book. Uh, you, you know, you'll hear stories about why they, they pick certain things and just a lot of very fun stories that, that, went into making this and you, you can hear it you can hear it in these guys' voices it's something they were very passionate about yeah and listen i've read the book now like four times it's very fun it i'm i'm very yeah. excited for people to actually purchase it and read it and like it's good let's put out more wrestling things you know more wrestling for kids because we often forget like that's what wrestling is that's who wrestling is mainly for uh to kind of bring it back full circle with a lot of these AEW figures sure there's a lot of adults who are just like ah oh, goddamn it i don't get my figures but the amount of videos i've seen of people posting like 
check out my kids like kenny omega posted a video of these two kids opening up uh their set of you know aew figures and they fucking lose it like they're so happy and i mean even even at uh stupid michael's birthday party uh his son Matthew pulls out the AEW ring and he's just having a great, he's like, look, AEW, you know, and he's just, he's throwing wrestlers around. I mean, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan and a kid. Exactly. And it, it's just, it always, it just warms my heart seeing that, like, because you see so many just people jaded because of wrestling. Like, listen, I at times I can be that person as well. But when you see someone like that happy, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like that, you know, that's what cheesy, this is for. Yeah, as cheesy as it sounds, like that's what this is for. And I get, I can, ima- I can imagine so many kids uh, feeling that same way when reading this book. Uh, SSR Suplex. Let's go ahead and get into this week's interview again with Ryan Tro and Nicholas Camilla. So, David, uh, I'm not sure about you, but growing up as a wrestling fan, being a child. There weren't that many wrestling books. I've told a story oh. before about how my local library had a few wrestling books over at inside my school, and they would. The thing with me was I loved reading. I was always reading books, and they would only let us check out like two or three books at a time. So, me being the little shit that I was, my trick was where there was a window in the library. We were all the way up on like the third, fourth floor. And right above that window was, like, the school garden that nobody ever used, nobody ever went to. So my trick was I would open that up and throw the wrestling books out. And mind you, they were really bad wrestling books. And by bad, I mean it was, like, ten pages of, like, this is Kurt Angle. He's from Philly. He does the Angle Slam. Like, things I already knew, but I would just read them cover to cover just like, oh, yes. He did win the Olympics with a broken freaking neck. Uh, but today we have uh, two guests on. We have uh, writer Ryan L. Schrote and illustrator Nicholas Camilla, who written S is for Suplex, which is an awesome like kids book, which is you're kind of simple, you know, A stands for this, B is for that, but with like a wrestling twist on it. And this is probably like my third time reading it now, just you know, in preparation for this. But it's really fun, and so we wanted to have the guys on and talk to them. So uh, without any further ado, Ryan and Nicholas, how are you guys doing? Doing great. great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I think it's awesome that in this current era of like kids being wrestling fans, that they've got options now as far as like wrestling books. Because again, when I'm not sure about you guys, when exactly you guys started watching wrestling, but I know for myself, like when I started, again, there just there weren't any books for for kids. Like if you liked wrestling, it was pretty much someone put out some sort of like autobiography that you read and you're just like oh wow this wrestling business does sound pretty horrible but you know now you have like the elite guys putting out their books and then your guys's book s is for suplex that uh will be available soon as well uh what was the what was the motivating factor behind wanting to put out a children's wrestling book well you really hit it hit the nail on the head there uh i mean we grew up you know a little bit earlier than than current angle days but no book growing up at all. Uh, I mean, I would have loved to have a, a book on, you know, the ultimate warrior, Mr. Perfect growing up, but there just really weren't any. And, uh, I have a, two, a three-year-old and it was right around the time that she was, 
uh, starting to notice, you know, sounds and stuff that I'm like, you know what? Now's the time. Like, let's, let's make a book that'll help kids like her have a chance to, to get into wrestling. Um, you know, cause you know, last thing we want is for her to read one of those autobiographies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it just so happened that I had found the perfect artist for it. Um, with Nick. So it, it just felt like the time was right. And I was starting to make a switch over from writing comic books to children's books anyway. And so it seemed natural. Like I love wrestling. I watch wrestling how many days a week, like now's the time let's, let's go forward and see if we can do something new and fun. Right. I mean, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan really hit everything right there. Um, you know, he and I are very close in age. Um, I, at the time when he came to me, my wife was pregnant with our first child. Um, so, you know, it was right in my wheelhouse. Um, I'm also an elementary art teacher, so I work with kids from pre-K to fifth grade all day. Um, so that was a huge motivating factor that if I could get something in their hands, um, you know, that would be really important to me. What what I liked most about the book was, um, so you throw, you throw a few, we'll say like insider terms in there, which, you know, most wrestling fans know now, but like, <clears throat> the cool thing about the artwork was that um, you took well-known wrestlers and then you added a cute, whimsical style. And like, as a parent myself, you know, I, I didn't have this book when my daughter was young enough for me to like read or stuff like this. But if you're a parent doing a read-along and, you know, you're, you've got uh, MJF in the book and he's tying someone up with a scarf. And they're fun enough drawings where a kid that's just getting interested in wrestling could say, hey, who's that? And then you could actually show them the real wrestler. You know, we, we have all these extra resources. We've got YouTube and stuff. And I think this was just a really great way for a kid interested in wrestling to say, oh, wow, who's this big giant guy? And you're like, well, that's Brian Cage. You know what I mean? And you got all these really cool, whimsical drawings of uh, all the wrestlers along with, you know, all the the beautiful rhyme scheme and all the and then the glossary at the end too so if they want to read along but it, it was a great little vehicle that you guys put together um to allow kids to take what was read and then explore further you know what i mean totally yeah i think this is this i think this is a good chance for me to uh bust ryan's chops again um when he first proposed <laughs> the idea to me uh i was actually um i can still remember it because i was in a hotel room uh in Brooklyn and uh, me and my buddies were about to go to SummerSlam and um, he proposed the idea to me. And I think there was like 30 wrestlers in the book. Uh, and <laughs> the running joke that he and I have is that, you know, it would, he would always drop like another five or 10 wrestlers in my <laughs> lap. Um, and I think by the end of it, correct me if I'm wrong, there's uh, 92 wrestlers and a dog in the book. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's awesome. The dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every, every uh, few weeks or so, I'd be like, oh, I just talked to so-and-so. We need to get them in the book. We need to get them in the book. And then uh, and it really just started out that I wanted originally just like I had a, a few contacts in the industry and, and through because I had written a promotional comic for Sammy Callahan's uh, Wrestling Revolver promotion. And so I had, you know, maybe knew 15, 20 guys that wrestled regularly through him, like the Rascals and Sammy and uh, cage guys like that, uh, that had agreed to be in the book. And then we wanted to just grow out from there. So I sent a, a handful of emails here and there. And then the response was so great 
then I would send a few more and a few more. And then I would meet somebody to show. And it's like, well, this is my only chance to meet Billy Gunn. I have to ask. (laughs) (laughs) There's this common misconception of wrestling still sort of being this sideshow that it's, you know, for the lowest common denominator, you, you know, we've heard it all. Like being a wrestling fan, you, know, oh, you still watch that. Uh, so I, I, to me, it's interesting that you you essentially pitched the idea of, hey, here's a children's book for, for wrestling. And that like people, you know, went along with it and actually wanted to do it. Because, I mean, you mentioned approaching the wrestlers. And the one thing that Dave and I have found from doing the show is, most wrestlers are, are, are willing to do just about anything you ask them to, you know, within the boundaries of, of reason. But especially with, like, a kid's book, unless they're signed to WWE, like, most wrestlers within most companies, like, they're not they're not going to be featured in books. They're not going to be featured in, like, little projects like that and with, like, a plethora of people within the independent scene. Because that's, you know, you look at... uh the the glossary of of who's in there and it is for the most part like oh yeah for a while this was this was how big the independent scene was with this many talented people uh what's it like when you you start approaching different like uh publishing houses about like hey here's this wrestling book that i want to make is it a lot of just like oh wrestling uh no thank you well we had actually only pitched it to two publishers and both of them accepted it. Uh, the first publisher got to us first and they didn't have any notes for us. They just thought, Oh, this is a great book. We'll pump it out in like three months and we want to sell it for $25. (laughs) (laughs) Nick and I, at first we were super excited because you know, this was our baby and it was very bare bones at the time. And, uh, the writing was super simple and, and the art was still gorgeous. And, and for the most part, the art's the same uh, aside from the, you know, additional 30 wrestlers that we got to add. <laughs> <that one publisher. laughs> uh, but then the second publisher who is, who we ended up signing with is Trism books. And they're the same publisher that does the elite books. And uh, at the time, the only one they'd announced is Colt Cabana's book. And so that was the main reason why we, we approached these two publishers as they both done wrestling books before. Um, I won't mention the other publisher just because I don't say anything bad about them, but they had done a few wrestling books. And and so I thought they'd be a good place to start, but tourism really seemed like the best place to go. Uh, They're local to uh, the Chicago suburbs, which is cool. It's only a few hour drives to me drive for me. And then like I said, they'd done Colt's book, which was so much fun. And then, you know, here they are two years later and they've now got books from Cody and from uh, Hangman Page and the Young Bucks and there's more coming. And it's so cool to have our book within that platform. So we we purposely went with publishers that wouldn't turn us down <laughs> simply yeah. because it was a wrestling book. I mean, they could have turned us down anyway, but we knew that they had some, you know, insight on wrestling. And uh, the coolest part is I actually saw a photo posted two or three days ago by um, Ryan that was showing it was him and Colt and punk. And it was like their first, his first wrestling tee and standing, or I guess on his knees uh, crawling between CM Punk's legs is actually one of our publishers. (laughs) (laughs) Really? So it's cool. Even 10 years ago that uh, Sam had, had, you know, some sort of 
uh, in with wrestling. That that to me sounds like it's it's one thing that I like to hear with people making any sort of art within the world of wrestling that it's now starting to become like a more acceptable thing because, uh, like I I like to see wrestling spread from just the actual product of wrestling if that makes any sense you know now you have like for instance you have AEW making like their own line of toys and you hear how like oh it's crazy like when like when's the last time you heard like oh man, these people were chasing down these WWE figures and they couldn't find any of them like I go to toy stores and all I see are like WWE figures you know so now that it's like oh a different company doing different thing it's like okay cool it's it's more than just like even with this book, it's not a WWE book, you know, where you have like, oh, John Cena saves the world or whatever it would right. be. Um, but you mentioned real quick, I kind of wanted to touch on it. Uh, you mentioned that you write comics. Like, how awesome is that? Like, to me, I, I get it. Like, I, as a kid, I wanted to be an author. So the fact that you're, both of you guys are like, yeah, we wrote an illustrator book. I'm like, that sounds awesome. And then I hear like, oh, like wrote a comic as well. I'm just like, oh, go on. Um, so was comics primarily what you did prior to, you know, writing this children's book or? Yeah, I spent, uh, I don't know, pretty close to a decade trying to break into the comic book industry. You know, I, I had some cool headway. Uh, my first published book was, uh, in a British magazine called uh, Clint that was published by this the guy, Mark Millar is his name, who uh, he wrote Superman Red Sun. He created Kick-Ass and Wanted that went on to be movies. Uh, the uh, Kingsman that had two movies. like That that guy published, or picked and published my first comic, which is like the coolest thing in the world to me. Yeah. Uh, and then I also had, uh, uh, I wrote an issue of Youngblood for Image Comics, so I had some success, but it's a, a really cutthroat industry and I was getting kind of burnt out on it. And my life just totally turned upside down when I had my daughter and a friend of mine in comics had started writing children's books. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should try it to see how it goes. And this was the second book that I wrote and, uh, it ended up consuming my life for about two years as we, <laughs> as we <laughs> put it together and went through uh, rewrites and art edits and uh, trying to track down 92 release forms. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, writing comics was something that was always passionate for me. Uh, I loved comics growing up and got back into it when I was in college. And I just love to write in general. I just finished my first novel, which I hope to self-publish this fall. Uh, so I, I'm just a, a huge writing nerd but I always go after things that I'm passionate about. Like, I mean, that's the things I, I love wrestling. I'm a huge wrestling fan. I remember it's, it's funny that you bring up the action figures and stuff, because I remember when I was in high school it was the height of the NWO. And that was the last time it seemed like wrestling was huge and everywhere. And I feel like we're on the, the verge of that now. So it's a perfect time to release this book, you know, other than the, being in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, now is such a, a new golden age of wrestling. Nick, what about yourself? You is you know you mentioned that like you do the honorable job, I think between all of us, and you're a teacher, which is awesome. Yes. But uh, prior to this, had you worked on any other books yourself or any comic stuff? Uh, no, I I actually didn't. Um, like I said, I've been teaching uh, now ten years, um, and I work with elementary kids. I've had a few parents pitch ideas to me, and we've worked on them, but they never went anywhere. Um, but 
you know, ultimately I started drawing. Um, I mean, I've always drawn my whole life. I started drawing wrestling related stuff actually four years ago. Um, when we were going to SummerSlam, I'm in New York. So we went that four year run that they had it in the Barclays, me and my buddies went. Um, and the second year we went, I was like, I got to get something like, I got to wear something. I can't, you know, I, I couldn't do like any of the WWE shop stuff. No, no offense to them. Um, but at the same time, being an artist, I wanted something to stand out. So I, I love the wrestling figures. Um, the Hasbro line was like what I grew up with. Um, so I drew Shawn Michaels and I put him on a shirt and I wore that. Um, and that got some buzz. Um, and then from there, I've just been drawing and posting to my Instagram as much as I can. Um, I always joke around and said, man, I wish I did this a little bit more before I had kids because I would have been able to draw a lot more. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and being an art teacher, working with elementary kids, um, you know, my I'm always reading children's books. Um, so that's why when Ryan came to me with this, it just felt like the perfect storm. Um, you know, how could I say no to it? Um, but ultimately, like, the last 10 years, my life has been concentrating on, you know, my family and uh, my work. Um, so when I started my Instagram account and I got a little bit of buzz, um, you know, that just motivated me to keep going uh, further with it. I want to get to the origin story of how you two guys meet. But before that, you, you keep breaking up SummerSlam. But that like for a while, yeah, like you mentioned, it was like that four year run in New York. And I just I keep. I, I need to tell the story because I'm I'm staring directly at my chair. You know, if you sit ringside, you get these uh, these SummerSlam chairs. Um, yes. Well, I'm staring at one directly, and I, I in fact, did not sit ringside. Uh, the occurrence was uh, myself and a friend of the show, Stupid Michael, and his wife. We went we went up to New York for uh, the year that they did Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins and the Randy Orton, okay. Brock Lesnar. Uh, first time up there in New York for SummerSlam. I'm like, oh, cool. We, we get takeover tickets the night before. It's awesome. We get SummerSlam tickets the next night. But we waited super last minute. Uh, they get ringside tickets. They wound up sitting behind, like, Randy Orton's family or something like that. Something oh, very wow. cool. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like, I get, like, a nice middle-tier seat. Um, I text them maybe about, like, two, three matches, four shows ending. I'm like, hey, where are we meeting up? They're like, oh, just meet us up by aisle 10 wherever they were let's say aisle 10 i'm like perfect fantastic but around that time i'm like man my phone's dying i'm like i'll just i'll i'll, I'll go over there early so i go over there and they're already waiting for me they have their you know their fancy chairs because they bought the tickets so they get the chairs <laughs> uh monica at this point my, michael's wife she gives me your ticket stuff she says go down there and grab a chair i'm like huh she's uh. like they're not checking just go down there and grab a chair and I figure that's amazing. Why not? You know, worst case scenario, they you know they tell me to f off, and I you know, I leave with my tail between my legs. So I just I walk down there, and I I look I look to see I'm like oh who seems like the nicest security guard or you know <laughs> of the staff working there. And there's this like smaller woman. I'm like all right, here goes. And I just walk up to her. I'm like hey, what the fuck? She's like excuse me. I was like what happened to my chair? excuse me i'm like where's my chair i was like i i just i asked i asked the security guy over here i said i was going to the bathroom and you said you would keep my chair here now it's gone i was sitting right here look i sure like the ticket up. i'm like come on man i'm like what can i talk to a manager or something what's going on i'm like i i asked if i could get up to use the washroom and if my chair would still be here i'm like now it's gone come on man i'm like i i bought this ticket and she doesn't even let me finish she's like you know what i'm, I'm here take this chair i'm so sorry i'm like I, 
we, Melissa, I'm so sorry, Melissa. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't mean to yell. I'm like, it's, I'm just really tired. She's like, don't even worry about it. Go ahead and take it. So every time you tell that story, I think of the, the, the one time I, I yelled at poor Melissa in the Barclay Center uh, to finesse That's my way amazing. into stealing this chair. Uh, but enough about me. What is, at what point do you guys come together to collaborate on this project? Well, it actually, it started with the, the comic that I wrote for uh, Wrestling Revolver. I, had need, I needed a pinup and I had already been kind of Instagram stalking Nick. And so I asked him if he could do it and there was zero budget in this. Uh, it ended up being like a real punk rock comic book <laughs> that we did on the skin of our teeth. And so it didn't work out, but I just kept that in the back of my head. Like Nick's so awesome. I love his art. I got to work with him at some point in time. And so once I had the idea for the book, I'm like, I'm just going to throw it out there. Let's see what we can do. And at the time ring of honor, I uh, had just done a coloring book. I'm like, well, you know, I, I like Ring of Honor. At the time, they had Bullet Club, so I'm like, let's just pitch it. So I convinced him somehow <laughs> to do this. <laughs> and so he did this really awesome version of the, the Young Bucks' as kids, so the Younger Bucks. Uh, yeah. And we pitched it to them, and they turned us down pretty quickly. <laughs> uh now I know that they were going through a lot of contract issues and stuff. So obviously they didn't want to license anything out. Plus I think the coloring book was done by a fan. They just sort of gifted it to them. So they had no interest at all in our book. And so I was pretty dejected. And then I had the idea, like Nick said, let's just grab like 30 indie wrestlers that I know from working with revolver and let's do the book. And so he agreed yeah, we were going to actually self-publish the book. Um, yeah. we were, you know, we went back and forth for a while with what we were going to do. And ultimately, that was like a serious option uh, for a while there. And then we kind of just I, I think we both felt like we, we've got to pitch it one more time. You know, we've got to got to see these Chisholm books, guys. They they've got a lot of wrestling stuff um, coming out. Like, why wouldn't we pitch it to them one more time? Um, and sure enough, Ryan did. And, and I think. He heard back like that day or the, the next day relatively quick. Yeah, it didn't take long. Um, after, you know, we had turned down the one publisher because I pitched it to both. Prism didn't get back to us. But then the second time they got back to us right away and they're like, we're in. Uh, but here are here are our notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And so yeah. we and I'm so glad that they did. Uh totally. Especially on my part with the writing, because the writing in the original version is so simple. Uh, and we really expanded on it. And then the other thing that they pushed for was uh, they wanted more diversity in the book, which was already something that we were really, you know, kind of had a, a, a finger on that pulse already. It was something we wanted. So uh, the cool thing for me is that meant that we got to add more books or more wrestlers. Uh, the bad thing for Nick is that man, we got to add more wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the one thing that I I noticed myself just when reading it is, like you mentioned, it's it's diverse. You see a diverse pe- amount of people, characters, and I think that's that's a really interesting thing because, for the most part, for like the last I don't you know, fifty sixty years, wrestling has primarily been. Uh, they all look the same as far as like build, skin color, like gender, and we're now in a mm-hmm. point where it's where it's just like, hey, that that's fine, but also 
uh, here's some other options in case you identify as this or in case, you know, this appeals to you more. And it's not even like a like a like a sideshow thing, if that makes any sense. You know, like it, I, I didn't get into wrestling until about 2005, but I knew what wrestling was then. And like, I remember one of the bigger storylines, again, when I started watching was they had a big veto from ECW wanting to wrestle in a dress and like that was a thing amongst like all like all the kids like at school are just like why why is he in a dress and it was just it was like a big thing and i mean just the way i was raised i was like i, I don't get it i don't get what the big deal is about a guy wanting to like wear a dress you know <laughs> but again hearing what like other fifth graders had to say about that uh i imagine it wasn't just a thing you know at my school so to see a character like like jake atlas or sunny kiss be on tv nowadays and hear such like positive reaction or you know you have someone like like effie and and jamie senegal that people people like these characters people um like can relate to them and it's there is a vocal minority of like oh people like that don't involve and they shouldn't be in wrestling but again it's become like the a minority so to see i got so many different people of of races and genders you even have a, a space monkey so i guess intergalactic species <laughs> as well uh i think it's pretty fun well and that was something that was important to us is that wrestling fans are diverse uh so we want to show have have something that someone can look in there and be like that's somebody like me that's that's somebody who's got my background whether it's you know where they're from or uh, their sexual orientation or their gender identity, or even if they're a, a wrestling space monkey, uh, we want to have them be represented. And, and so that was really cool that we were able to do that. Um, and a, a huge part of that is that, like you said, wrestling is getting more diverse now. Um, and uh, I absolutely love AEW for that. That was one of the funniest things out of this book is that when we started doing this was about the same time that they started building up. And it was all of a sudden, oh, like, oh, so-and-so is AEW. And it's like, yeah, but they've been asses for suplex for six months now. <laughs> <laughs> so we were really on the cutting edge. Uh, I, I sound like a total like hipster now, but like, we did it first. But uh, we just shot for the moon with wrestlers that we liked and, and wrestlers that I'd met before that were really cool. And uh, it's just so cool to see so many of them become huge stars. Um, I think of somebody like uh, Ace Austin, who's on our cover page or on our title page. Uh, when I met him, he was just breaking into the indie scene, and now he's one of the top stars in Impact. And it's just so cool to see all these wrestlers uh, from these diverse backgrounds and, and stuff, and even ones that are more, you know, the wrestlers you'd see every day. Uh, it's just that's just been one of the coolest things is watching everybody's careers grow along with this book, along with. Uh, you know, so so this book will be out uh, pretty soon. It, it seems like just from hearing you two guys talk about this, something you guys, as many headaches as there were, it very much sounds like this is something you guys are very passionate about and that's been a joy for you guys to work on. Do you guys plan on doing any more wrestling-related? Uh, I mean, not even just necessarily kids' book, but, you know, some sort of comic or other wrestling writing projects? Uh, well, I'll let Nick talk about his commissions, and his art, and his t-shirt, <laughs> of which I own several, uh, <laughs> because he is one of the best wrestling artists there is. Thank you. 
Um, so, I mean, we are open to anything. I think um, we've had some early discussions. You know, if this goes well, what we'll do. Um, but you know, like I said earlier, I'm always drawing. I'm always trying to pitch stuff. Um, I've actually got to get back into pitching some ideas to pro wrestling tees because um, it's been a, like I've been so busy with this book that it's been a while that I've been do, um, since I've been able to do that. Um, but this was just so awesome. Going back to Ryan's mentioned it a few times, we, we were really pushed by Trism to make this book better. Um, you know, we worked in different phases. Uh, Ryan did all his writing, and once that was done, it moved on to me. Um, and it's almost funny when I look at the original copy of the book, uh, how much I can't stand it. Um, they, they pushed me to hit different. It looked very flat. Um, some of the pages, whereas this, like we worked on, we talked about different angles, you know, close up shots in the book, um, making each page look different. And then actually towards the end, uh, what we did was I, um, actually showed some of my classes, um, some of like my, my third graders, fourth graders, fifth graders, I would show them a page cause they knew I was working on the book and I would show them the page and I'd ask them if they could identify what the page was about in the alphabet. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, because then we knew, you know, we were doing the right thing. Um, so as much work as it was by the end of it, when I look at the book, I'm, I'm super proud of what we were able to do, what we were able to accomplish. Um, and I just can't wait for, for people to see it and read it and have it in their hands. That's well, it's, it's- it's, it's cool to get uh, like critique from people that have an insight into wrestling. Because I can imagine if you could go to a different publisher that had no idea and then they sent you a set of notes, it might not have worked so well. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, we probably wouldn't have been able to use kayfabe in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I probably explained to my wife what kayfabe is about 50 times since the book uh started to come together uh, she's finally starting to get it and that's actually one of my favorite illustrations in the entire book uh yeah you did such a great job with that the fact that uh having two extreme hardcore wrestlers on that page makes it even better um, but I, I think that if we didn't have a publisher that was so uh in tune with wrestling i, I think we would have had to, to tone down some of the you know some of those insider terms a little bit you know maybe we wouldn't have been able to use heel because uh they would have known so it would have had to be like b is for bad guy and it yeah it wouldn't have been as great at all uh i mean we got really lucky by having a publisher that you know trusted us uh with our wrestling knowledge and had some wrestling knowledge themselves and uh trusted us when we're like oh no this wrestler's a big deal what do you think with that <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the one of the benefits of being a teacher was, and you kind of mentioned being able to show your students your work because it's like oh this is this is who's going to be reading it you know for for all intents and purposes and that's that's like a feedback that you can't you know you can't really buy you can't really like if you're writing a book unless you know a lot of children you can't really just like walk up to a school and just be like hey uh, really quick, man. Can I just show your kids some stuff I drew up? Because they would immediately, they would already be calling the police at that point. Yeah. Uh, but and that and that was actually, um, you know, the kids, the kids would see me working on it time to time. They knew I was working on it, 
But it wasn't until Erica at Trism Books was like, hey, why don't you, did you ever think of showing the kids the artwork and, and seeing what their reaction is? You know, like every class would, you know, I, I saw 18 classes uh, in in the school year. And, you know, usually one of them had at least one or two wrestling fans. Um, I'll never forget, like I showed a first grade class and there were two boys who were like just getting into it and they started watching you know, uh, AEW. And I remember one kid was like, Hey, that's MJF. I could tell by his scarf. Um, so that was really cool just to, to have their help. Um, and uh, you know, the community that I, I work in, um, they're super pumped about the book as well. Well, it's always very interesting, especially when it comes to kids just to see, because I mean, for the most part, you, you know, like which wrestlers adults are going to like, you know, there, there's a certain group. You, oh, it's almost guaranteed that there's a certain demographic that is going to love Chris Jericho or the Young Bucks and, and Kenny Omega and like that. But it's always interesting when you ask kids. Like one of my favorite things, uh, I've, I've talked about it uh, numerous times, is like at an act. Remember when you could go to actual wrestling shows uh, all those years ago? Uh, but like at a wrestling show, seeing like security guards and just like, hey, who do you think looks cool? Especially when wrestlers are making these like, big extravagant entrances i always go back to uh the new japan show at msg and like naito and uh naito's making his entrance and there's just this like little older security lady and she's just staring at him like what the fuck is going on you know because again like just zero context to why why this man is coming out dressed in this like white suit with this cape flowing down but another thing is like kids you know seeing how they react to certain things uh, I was at my buddy's house Friday and the fiend came out and this, I've never <laughs> seen this kid run as fast as he, oh, it he was, was almost, terrified. He was terrified. It was almost like seeing Barry <laughs> Allen just run for his life. Um, but and that, like, that's the thing that, you know, we all like forget like my first house show ever. I remember it was, it was like a casket match with the undertaker and I don't know, Mark Henry or someone. And I remember there being like other kids around me who were just like, "Oh, dude, can we go get popcorn or something?" And like <laughs> my my sister and I kind of just like, "Well, like why why are all the kids leaving during Undertaker's entrance? This is the coolest thing." Um, Don't you get it? It's the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, right. And again, it's just different kids are react differently to wrestlers. But I, I that's pretty funny that uh, you mentioned it was a first grader that would be like, "Oh, that's MJF," because. Again, like MJF, I don't necessarily uh, think of when I immediately think of, oh, what wrestlers would appeal to younger kids right. of that age? Right. <laughs> right. But uh, so, b- book aside, um, w- at what point does wrestling come into both of your guys' life? Because I think that also kind of heavily factors into like the kinds of wrestlers that you include, because there are a lot of people that, um, and again, just based on, I'm pretty sure you guys grew up um like 80s 90s watching wrestling if i'm if i'm not mistaken yes so correct i know there's like a lot of wrestling fans of that era that kind of just like put their foot down and it's like no brutus the beefcake barber and you know (laughs) haku had the best matches ever i don't care about will osprey and you know jeff cobb but i mean look at the book and it's like clearly there's a, a, a plethora of knowledge of the independent scene uh so at what point does like that come into 
um, you know, your guys' life. Because, again, I mean, wrestling, again, I'm pretty sure it was you guys were kids. It was on TV. But I always find it interesting to see when, like, the independence come into somebody's life. Because, you know, like, it, it for, for the most part, people just have no idea it even exists. And then just one day you're just like, yeah, like, there's more wrestling than just WWE. Well, for me, so growing up, wrestling was uh, – my older brother's 10 years older than me, so he was, like, super into wrestling when I was little, little. So it, it, as long as I can remember, wrestling has always been on. But part of that actually came from my mom and my grandmother were both huge wrestling fans. Uh, they used to go to uh, regional shows back in the 50s and 60s at the fairgrounds here. So my mom was able to see, like, Pat O'Connor and – Bobo Brazil and all these like giant names that we've never actually seen any matches of, but we've heard of them. <clears throat> and that kind of got passed down to me. Um, it, although my grandma continued to watch WWE right up until she passed away. Uh, absolutely loved Seamus for some reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like somebody has to, but uh, as far as like the indie stuff goes, um, when I was in high school was when, like I said, NWO was really big. But I gravitated towards the Luchadors and found uh, at the time <clears throat> the very early days of high spots. And so I would order VHSs of like compilations of AAA and PMLL. And so I got really into Lucha Libre. And then when I was in college, would have been when like Brian Danielson and CM Punk and uh, all those guys were in Samoa Joe were in Ring of Honor. So I would order tapes then. But then I fell off of watching wrestling for a while until uh, Lucha Underground happened. And that brought together a little bit of both, uh, like the cinematic stuff that it was really into in terms of movies, but then also uh, dudes in masks doing flips. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's no surprise that if you look at the book, there's a, a pretty healthy number of Lucha Underground wrestlers in there. And that led me to go to my first indie show. Um, because uh, Wrestling Revolver was doing a show here in Iowa with uh, John Morrison and Jeff Cobb and Cage. And I was like, all right, cool. I got to see these guys for real and see exactly how huge they are. Uh, true story, uh, Brian Cage, much shorter in person, just as scary. Though. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it just exploded. I started watching you know, indie stuff on the internet. Uh, got back into Impact, AEW started coming together, started watching New Japan, and then pretty soon uh, wrestling was life again, uh, just in time for me to start making a book about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Ryan and I have a pretty similar story, but with one big difference, and I'll get to that. Um, you know, being a kid in the 80s, I can remember being like four or five, and my dad and my grandfather and my uncles took me to the show, this place called the uh, Westchester County Center in White Plains, New York. Um, that's pretty famous for wrestling in New York. Um, they took me to a show, and I can remember um, Junkyard Dog being there, Iron Sheik being there. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I, I still have them, uh, a set of sheets, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. My dad used to record it off of the TV for me to watch, um, so I would watch those tapes like crazy. Um and my dad would also get me the LJN figures, figures those big, clunky, rubber things. Um, still have those. And then it wasn't until um, I was in third grade when I got really hooked. Uh, one Christmas, my dad 
or Santa got me um, Brutus Beefcake and Million Dollar Man Hasbro figures. Um, and from there, I was hooked. Me and my, my two other best friends, we were hooked. They ordered WrestleMania 7 on pay-per-view, and I can remember the next day, uh, my friend handed me that, that tape. Uh, I went home, and I watched it immediately, and it was WWF from there on out. Um, you know, through that era, I watched, you know, through that, that rough period, um, with all the really cheesy gimmicks, um, then the attitude era exploded where it felt like, you know, this thing that I loved my whole life. Now, all of a sudden, everybody in high school, uh, loves it. In high school, we had our own hardcore title. Um, you know, kids would, would take a wrestling move in the middle of the hallway and get pinned. Um, it, it was a wild time, uh, being in high school um then as for the indie scene um i'm gonna be completely honest my like i said my whole life i've been a wwf mark um and then when i started my instagram and drawing more i realized you know i always knew what was out there um but i just didn't have the time um and it was once i started the instagram account you know and started exploring other things um, different wrestlers, different styles, different promotions. Um, and Ryan actually is to his credit. He's one that exposed me to so many talented people. Um, you know, um, just to backtrack a little bit more, my wife and I've been together 14 years. She always jokes, you know, when we first started dating, I wasn't even watching wrestling. She knew I did watch wrestling, but that was during, you know, that period where not many people watched, um, but again, you know, Ryan has been such a huge influence, um, introducing some of these talented people to me, um, you know, just being able to even say what's up to some of these people on social media and they respond to you. Um, that's like the, that's the coolest thing, um, whether it's you draw a picture of them and you pitch it as an idea or, uh, you know, I would shoot them their, their picture that I did or their illustration that I did for the book and their response was just, it, it, it's amazing. And it, that's the stuff that keeps me motivated that, and you know, the people that follow me on social media, not to be cheesy. Uh, but when they give me such positive re responses to my artwork, I mean, how could I not want to do more? Um, you get a high off of it. <laughs> that's when I, I think I can speak for my, myself and Dave, that's been for the most part, one of like the leading factors in us, having like recorded for as long as we have especially when you meet wrestlers and there's always that sense of like oh please be as cool as you are on tv please be as cool as you are yeah. on tv and for the most part like most i i don't know about you dave like i've not had a single like bad meeting with a wrestler and oftentimes i don't know if it's like because usually within the context of meeting them you know it's at our job and they're not really going to be like sticks to us there but even at like conventions and, and shows like as as long as you approach these people like with people respect. yeah with yeah. respect you know hello how are yes. you just like they're all very nice they're all very nice and they super, really are and totally super cool and especially when you work on something like i mean it's different with you guys because you're doing like actual you know you're drawing pictures of them and stuff but like with dave and myself whenever we finish like recording with someone it's often like like we got the chance to record with uh, with Vicky Guerrero on the Jericho cruise, and even saying that sentence out loud, like if I if I told myself as a kid, like, hey, you know Chris Jericho, like, oh, yeah, man, like he's he's so awesome, but like he just left WWE. Is he ever gonna come back? And be like, 
boy, is he going to fucking come back. But aside from that, you know, I'm like, he's, he's going to have his own cruise, his own cruise, his own yeah, cruise. Right. And, you know, Vicky Guerrero, I'm like, no, well, you're going to in a few years, you know, yeah. uh, cherish Eddie while you have him. But like, you know, you, you're, you and your buddy are going to sit down with Vicky Guerrero on Jericho's boat and talk about the legacy of Eddie Earl and just talk about like, you know, what wrestling at WrestleMania was like for her. And she's the nicest person in the world too. So have fun with that. And that's just one of those things. Again, like as a kid, you imagine like, sure, I'm going to be, I'm going to be friends with every wrestler. Right. But then like when it actually happens, it's, it's just such a trip that like, Oh wow. Like what is my life? But I mean, I, I can only imagine that even more again, like me and Dave just getting to talk to these people but the fact that you said you have 90 something wrestlers in here that's 90 of those chances to have gotten to meet these people and get to know them a little bit and that's always fun like even with us the one thing we love the most is just get to know these people because after you've seen one 360 or a choke slam it's like okay well i know all about that character that i can know but you know who, who's the person behind the mask who's the person you know behind the scarf in mjf's case um <laughs> but I, 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 you know I, that is a thing that people take for granted but it very much sounds like you guys are grounded and able to like appreciate that i also love the story about your grandmother loving seamus because i find i don't know about you guys there's always like like my dad was into wrestling and to him kurt angle is like the guy and he's just anytime wrestling comes up it's just What's Kurt Angle doing? How's Kurt Angle? And it's just like, dude, like, there's so many other wrestlers I can like uh, introduce you to, but it's like, oh, I don't know, just I want to know what Kurt Angle's up to, and it's like, he's he's doing great, he's doing fantastic. Uh, but so as we sort of wind down here, uh, the question we ask all the guests that we have on, um, there's two of them. The first one being is, do you do either you remember the first piece of wrestling merchandise, whether it was something you know you purchased yourself, you were gifted. Uh, you know, action figure, T-shirt, anything of that nature. Oh, totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Nick, I'll let you go first. Um, I think the first thing that I can remember having, it's it's tough. It's either, like I said, those LJN figures um, or um, the Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling sheets. Um, those are probably two of the first things. Um Probably George the Animal Steel was one of them um, because around that time, me and my sister were given hamsters, and uh, I decided to name my hamster George the Animal Steel. Um, so I don't know what's weirder, the fact that I had hamsters or that I named it after George the Animal Steel. Well, that's amazing, though, because the best thing with pets, I, I've, I've, I'll say this you know, for the rest of my life, is when they have human names. Because you, know, like you come <laughs> right. over, it happens at my sister's house all the time. People will come over and you're just like, Sophie, Sophie. And you're like, oh, is Sophie your niece? It's like, no, Sophie's my sister's dog. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm just if I ever meet a dog named like Kevin, uh, it's just going to make my day. Uh, but for me, the first piece of wrestling uh, merch that I had was, it was either, and I don't know, because they, they were like right around the same Christmases. <clears throat> excuse me uh was the galoob uh wcw figures one year i got a ton of those and then the next year i got a ton of hasbro wwf figures which is way cooler uh but the first one i remember first thing i remember getting i think i got the same year the i got the galoobs 
was I got an Ultimate Warrior wrestling buddy that oh. <laughs> I wore to pieces wrestling that thing, sleeping with it every night. Like, uh, just ended up being totally torn to shreds. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember absolutely loving that thing uh, so much. I even kept the box to it for like two years. <laughs> like sn- snuggle it back in the box when I stopped playing with it. <laughs> uh, what about what would you guys consider your favorite pieces of like wrestling, you know, merchandise memorabilia that you've collected over the years? Oh, I uh, I, I actually um, when we were in college, me and my buddies would always take a trip to Salvation Army. And, like we were like, let's just see like what they have. You know, old beat up T-shirts and stuff. Um, this was like really before the whole like boom of, of vintage stuff. And uh, my buddy, he's a bigger guy. He we're walking down the aisle, and he goes, "You son of a!" He's like, "Here you go." And he hands me this shirt, and it's got a tag on it for two dollars, and it's this perfectly worn uh, WrestleMania shirt with Mega Powers Explode for two dollars. Um, I have worn that thing to to pieces. Um, and while you know, I I got it what 15 years after the event it's still like one of my things um you know everybody every time i wear it people are like dude that's that's the coolest thing (laughs) like and then when i tell them the story that i got it for two dollars which now if you look on ebay it's going for at least 100 150 um but yeah that's probably one of my one of my that or my hasbro figures that i still have downstairs in a box it's always the best when you have those older t-shirts i i always tell the story like i myself i have my i'm your poppy eddie guerrero t-shirt that like it's it's not even black anymore it's been washed so many times it's like that weird like washed out almost blue and like there was a while too where i was like "Ah," when it was still wearable i would kind of just pick and choose you're just like okay i think i'm gonna specifically wear this like i i don't even know if i've told the story on the show yet i i remember specifically wearing it to uh over here at six flags great america they had like a meet and greet with uh cm punk maybe maria canellis and i think john morrison and i was a huge you know still i'm like a huge punk guy and i knew he that i'd seen i on youtube it was like him eddie and ray and like a triple threat match and so i was just like oh maybe punk will like my t-shirt and like i remember going up to him and God knows what I said. It was probably just like, oh, I hope you kick John Morrison's ass at the pay-per-view or you know, something like that. And whatever it was that I said, he just like kind of like gives me a blank stare. And he looks at my shirt. He's like, oh, I really like your Eddie Guerrero. I'm your poppy t-shirt. And just like, again, just like, oh, yes. I, I, like, I feel that choice. Of, like I, I made the right choice in wearing this like t-shirt because I think the other shirt I had was like some event t-shirt that like I had an uncle who would go to all, all the shows like with me my sister and i got into wrestling he sort of got into wrestling as well so he would just take us to events and like event shirts was a big thing he was into but it's always like weird because like especially by then a lot of them were it's just like the the half-assed poster they made and again in that era that i was watching it was probably just like a mix of john cena randy orton and batista just like a variation of the three on the shirt so what i'm saying is i have a drawer full of a lot of John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Triple H on the front of the, the T-shirt. Oh, I was just saying, uh, I was going to go into my merch, and, I was, and then I have a, a quick John Morrison story uh, that relates to the book uh, since you brought him up. So first, the merchandise. Uh, two things. One, uh, last year I got to meet Ric Flair at a tiny-ass wrestling show here in Iowa. 
and he did a meet and greet and signed things. And so I got just a couple things signed from him. I got like a Funko and then a, an old PWI when he was like wrestler of the decade of the eighties. Uh, the coolest thing about that is the fact that uh, instead of talking to him about like, I could talk to him all day about, uh, he's my all time favorite. So I could talk to him about all the matches or everything, but instead we just talked about being dads. And I saw like him going from like Ric Flair, the entertainer to Ric Flair, the person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So if you ever want it, and you can see it anytime him and Charlotte are on TV together too, he's like always on the verge of tears. Yeah. Uh, he will do that in person. So if you ever get a chance to meet Ric Flair, just be like, oh, uh, I love watching you be a dad or I love watching you see your kids grow up and like uh, he will just become a totally different person. Uh, so because of the memory of that, that's right up there. And then the other thing is, and I should have gotten two of these. And I'll probably start once the book's fully released. Um but when we were pitching the book, we did a, a like kind of an, an ash can or rough version of it that I could show to people and I could show to the wrestlers and stuff. And I started getting it signed by all of the wrestlers at the shows. So I have a the earliest copy of uh, of S's for Suplex signed by uh, you know probably half the wrestlers in the book. And so I'll always cherish that just just because I get to see their faces. It's one thing when we email them and I don't get to see what they think, but seeing how they react to next artwork is just totally mind blowing. Uh, but w- once the book's released, I'll probably get another one so I can send it to Dick instead of just being selfish and only having one for me. <laughs> uh, but so uh, John Morrison is in the book, <clears throat> and he is the only wrestler in the entire book that demanded changes. And so we went back and forth for I would say close to two months with John Morrison. Uh, making sure that we got his abs just right and his hair had to be blowing in the wind and he had to be bigger than the other wrestler on the page. <clears throat> just all these outrageous demands, but he was very nice about it, all the emails. And then I, I got to meet him at a show and I was talking to him about it. And uh, he's like, you know, I was just fucking with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> we literally like added abs to the like, oh, of John Morrison and like made his arms bigger each time. Yeah, and he's got, I mean, like a, a 25-pack now and glorious hair blowing in the wind. And, yeah, it's just all 100% a joke. Uh, but he he also is the one that uh, I talked to him about the business and the business of doing the book. And he really pushed for me to stop considering self-publishing. So uh, in addition to, to uh, making the uh, next life a living hell for a little while, <laughs> he did give us some good advice. <laughs> I'm well, I got to say... I, I designed the micro brawlers for pro wrestling tees and he was the exact same way with his micro brawlers. He's like, not, <laughs> not enough abs. My boots need to be furrier. I want a special head. It was all these like, like normally all the wrestlers are like, no, oh, that's cool. That looks really good. And he's like, no, no, not enough abs. <laughs> so I can relate. He's very particular about it. <laughs> yeah. It's his brand. So. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I'll, S's for Suplex is the book. Uh, when is it available for people if people uh, want to purchase the book 15. now? Uh, you can purchase it now through uh, trismbooks.com, so T-R-I-S-M uh, books.com or on Amazon. Uh, it's officially released September 15th. All right, and where can people find you guys online? Uh, so we do have an Instagram for the book that is uh, just at S's for Suplex. Uh, I'm at, at schrote.rights. Um, so S-C-H-R-O-D-T dot rights. And I am on all social media as 
at extra cooler. Um, that's me. You can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm always posting, uh, my new work, uh, as I go. You guys, it was a pleasure talking to you. Yes, and thank if, you so if, much. If anyone's listening to this with like a niece, a nephew, a child, or just likes uh, children's books for some reason, uh, go ahead and pick this one up again. Like we got our advanced copy and I've read through it's it great. three times, four times now because I'm kind of scrolling through it trying to find like, oh, is there maybe something I can ask a specific question about? And I do love that like looking at uh, John Morrison's, he does have – he is a lot bigger than the other wrestler in there with him. I'll, I won't spell it. Who's, who's in there with? And I love. Uh, there's also things being thrown in the ring at him, and it's just like, okay, I can, I can definitely tell what you mean by now. But he was just fucking with you. Um, but uh, thanks, guys, and hopefully when uh, the next book comes around, we can talk to you guys again. Thank awesome. you very much for having us. Thank you again to uh, Ryan and Nick for that interview. I I love the fact that, like, when he mentioned, he's like, yeah, my grandma fucking really loves Seamus for some reason. It's that's, like a, that's like a theme. It, it is a theme. It's, it's, always, it's always just funny where it's like you always find, again, I mean, in my case, my dad, but there's always just, like, an older relative that really likes, like, a specific wrestler and just holds on yeah. to them. Like, again, I, like, I almost want to get my dad, like, a Kurt Angle you know like autograph or maybe like one of those cameos just because he's for sure never met the guy but right anytime anything wrestling like it's not even like oh cm punk or john cena nope exactly it's it's literally just that just fucking uh oh how's Kurt angle doing just like like i don't know how many was it i don't know fucking ask him like i've told the story i believe of Kurt angle uh where it, I always just think about it whenever whenever the name Kurt Angle comes up. This was at the first WrestleCon that I went to where uh, I was going around getting autographs for Ryan, obviously. And uh, I was waiting in line for, for Kurt Angle. There's these two women in front of me about my age, you know. And they're just calm, cool, you know, cool as a cucumber. And we're just all waiting in line. And they get up to go to Kurt Angle and break down immediately just break down into tears and just start like uncontrollably sobbing and the look in Kurt Angle's eyes just like oh what's going on like again these women are sobbing uncontrollably they're just like like you can't even hear what they're saying and he's just like politely like patting them on the back like oh no don't don't cry yeah, like it's okay. Don't cry. And they're just like, Argh. like they take their photo, get their autographs, and like walk away. And then like he and I look at each other, and I was like, "You don't gotta worry about me, man. I promise you, I'm not gonna break down crying." And he just kind of laughs. But then we start talking about Eddie Guerrero, and I almost did cry. But it, yeah, again, it's just like, hey, everyone, you know, as we you know, we talk about in the interview, kids all react differently to wrestling. Adults do sometimes yeah. too. All right, sometimes adults need to break down and cry in front of their favorite wrestlers and it's okay you know don't don't feel bad just try not yeah. to make, try not to make it weird for the for the wrestlers because but, you know what's funny is this is a little off topic but something similar happened to me i was taking my daughter to i think it was like wizard world and tara strong famous voice actress for many of our favorite cartoons. Um, My daughter was really into uh, My Little Pony. So we go and we're waiting in the line for Tara Strong and it's all 
dudes. It's all like 30, 40 year old dudes wearing like really tight, like twilight sparkle shirts. And some guy had a hat, like a big sombrero <laughs> with like twilight sparkles dancing, like all these figures. And I'm looking and she's being nice, but there's all these not age appropriate guys like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. Look at this, look at this twilight sparkle shirt I made. And she's like, Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> and my daughter's like, there's no girls in there except for my daughter. And we walk up and she sees me first and she gives me a look like, Oh, here's another one. And I was like, don't worry. It's not for me. It's for my daughter. And she goes, Oh, okay. cool." <laughs> so, you know, Bands can be weird. Did I ever tell you the story? I, I also this is again. Sorry, this is going a little off topic, but yeah. you're talking about Wizard World. Wizard World three. It was maybe like three years ago now, three or four. Yeah, I I, I want to say three, closer to three. Um, myself and uh, my ex girlfriend at the time, we went to Wizard World, and we met up with uh, the aforementioned Mister and Mrs. Spahik, uh, Frank and Melissa. There, friends of the show, former guests of the show. Because uh, we were getting uh, our poster signed by Biff. Uh, I forget his yeah. actual name, so I apologize. But uh, the actor who plays Biff Tannen, uh, myself, Ryan, and Frank, we got these like 18 by 24 posters printed of uh, the the sports almanac. And we wanted to yeah. get signed by him. And so we go over there. I remember they had like all the strangers things kids there. But I just felt weird getting... Because I, I, I didn't have any of kids. Yeah. You know, I felt weird just like, uh, I don't know. Um, but we went over, you know, we got our stuff signed by uh, by Biff. And then afterwards, uh, I see the voice actor um, who plays uh, Edward Elric on Full Metal Alchemist. And so mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, that's the Full Metal Alchemist. And he also played like, a voice on Digimon as well. So I was like, ooh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to go up there and, and get an autograph from him. So I go up there with my girlfriend and Frank and Melissa are kind of just off to the side waiting for us, get the autograph, come back over. And, you know, Frank, I don't know, probably make some comment about anime being stupid or something. And, uh, these two dudes just walk right up to him and they're just like, Oh, Hey, they're like, we recognize you. He's like, huh? They're like, yeah, yeah. We recognize you from, uh, you were at the at the, the Trekcon up in Iowa City, right? Mind you, if anybody knows Frank, I don't think yeah. he could not. I I've seen a Star Trek movie with Frank, and this man could not name a Star Trek character to save yeah. his life at all, whatsoever. So the fact he's definitely that, not going to a con. Exactly, and at this point, <clears throat> like I'm under the impression, all oh, these are his friends, and they're fucking with him. Not the case. Uh, they're like, yeah, you were at this trek, uh, the Trek Con up in Iowa City, right? He's like, nope. They're like, no, 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 yeah, you were at the you were at Trekker Con, uh, you know, twenty ten, right, in 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 Minneapolis as well. <laughs> nope. They're like, are you sure? He's like, I'm positive. And like at this point, like the rest, me, Melissa, and my ex, we're all we're just kind of like giving each other a look, like, what the fuck is this fucking happening? And they're just like, oh, okay. They're like, are you sure? Frank's like, positive. They're like, oh, okay, they're like, well, hey, how about this? You should, And then they try to, like, sell him on going to, like, a Star Trek convention with them. And Frank just being Frank, he's he's very polite. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And, like, they walk away. He's like, dude, what the fuck was that? I was like, I have no idea, man. That was, again, super weird. And uh, But, I mean, listen, at cons, you, you know, from time to time, you do have very, very fun, very nice interactions. Uh, yeah. I, I I talked to you about it because uh, 
I, th- I think I should just tell the people what what my ne- what my goal is, what I'm, what I'm trying to accomplish for for episode two hundred. Should I? Oh yeah, give me give me a little sneak peek. So for episode one hundred, you guys, uh, we're advertising Ryan Barkin, CEO of Pro Wrestling Tees, founder of Pro Wrestling Tees, the you know our boss. Yeah, and I figured, who next? Because I'm always I'm always thinking ahead. You know, I'm like, all right, we're we're pretty close to our goal this time. What next? And at first it was, well, let's start up some Patreon stuff, and I'm I'm working on that. But again, I'm I'm very goal oriented. I'm like, all right, what next after that? And well, I was like, well, if episode 100 is gonna get a big guest, especially in in Ryan, like, uh, we have to get an even bigger guest for episode 200. And I sat there and I thought about who's bigger than Ryan, and and most people actually, Ryan Ryan's not that tall of a guy. But, yeah, he's a very diminutive person. Yeah, very much so. I could say that because I know he doesn't listen to this. But uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and I actually thought back to one of my own experiences at a con. So myself and Frank, we always worked uh, these different cons with CM Punk. And there was one one in particular in which we were backstage. Frank's counting the money. We're just in the little you know area behind the curtain. I get a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around. And goddamn, Dave Batista, Drax the Destroyer himself, is standing right there, and he's like, "Hey, is uh, is April here too, or is it just Phil?" And I'm just like, "Ha ha ha!" ha. And uh, we see, I sit there and I talk with Dave for a little. I'm like, "Oh no, you know, I'm like Punk's actually. Oh, look at me, Dave. We're on a first name basis." Yeah. I sit there and I, I talk with Batista. I'm like, "No, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, April actually didn't come. It's just Punk." And we just sit there, kind of chit chat for a little bit. Talk about Rey Mysterio. Talk about Eddie Guerrero. Very nice guy. He was wearing a Rey Mysterio t-shirt. This is why Rey Mysterio came up. He's like, all right. He's like, well, he's like, I, I got to go. But hey, what's your name? I'm like, oh, Alberto. He goes, that was really nice talking with you, Alberto. I'm like, yeah, man. Same same thing. Kind of just fucks off. Uh, the, other night, I'm, the other night, I'm on Instagram. And I see that Dave Batista's online. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. So I shoot him a message. Ask him if he wants to be on the podcast. Uh, has not responded yet, but I've put it out there. I've put it out into the universe, and we're gonna uh, make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. I'm listen. We're gonna try our goddamn hardest to get Dave Batista for episode two hundred. Uh, so, what, what happens if he he messages you next week and says yes? Oh, uh, then we'll get him on next week. Fuck okay. it. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him on next week. Listen, I'm I'm fully in. Uh, under the impression that it'll be about, yeah it'll be about two and a half years until we get him but listen if we can get dave batista <laughs> on for next week i'm gonna fucking get dave batista on for next week yep very similar in which we had advertised uh horn swaggle for episode 13 but then i got that interview with kevin smith and immediately was just like uh yep hey sorry uh that, that interview's been moved uh we got this one instead um yeah but real really quick before we, we head out of here uh i wanted to plug next week's episode as 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 well um I, I've been in contact with uh, with our buddy Quan, who uh, works over at Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi Wire. He does their um, these like very particular videos, um, everything you didn't know. So if and it's mostly based around like old '90s and '80s cartoons. Uh, for instance, he just recently did one on Godzilla the animated series. He did one on Bill and Ted. Uh, I discovered him through the Spider-Man the animated series, and he's a wrestling fan. I, again, I've been watching his videos, and I was just like, oh, yeah, dude, you, you know, I'm like, I, I 
on his website. I'm like, oh, clearly this guy's a wrestling fan. He's like wearing an ECW shirt in one of his videos. Uh, right. Seems very much in the wheelhouse of like nerdy and into the stuff that we like. So I, I reached out to the guy and yeah, you know, so we're, we're going to record with him sometime this week. Uh, but yeah, our buddy Juan, I believe his last name is pronounced Cavidad uh, or Cavid. It's C A David. Cadavid. Uh, sorry, Juan. I'm. Cadavid. Yeah, Cadavid. Cadavid, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but our buddy, you know, from everything from the the series, everything you didn't know over at Sci-Fi Wire, he'll be our guest next week. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. I'm pretty excited to talk to him as well. Um, but and it, it listen, was, we. We don't talk about nerd, nerd stuff too much on this podcast. We need more. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, yeah, it's that's one of the as much as I love talking about wrestling, I love talking with just all around nerdy shit with everybody. You know, yeah, that's always one of my favorite things. But unfortunately, David, though, it's uh, it appears it's that time of the week where I've actually run out of things to say. Yeah, me too. Everything I need said has been said. So, yeah, well, uh, thank you for everyone who's for listening again if you already aren't make sure you're following us on social media that's at pwtcast on instagram and twitter uh we appreciate all the new followers they actually had like a, a large influx of of new listeners after last week's episode with juan which was a really fun episode that we had with him as well uh totally motivated me to buy more digimon toys and listen <laughs> if if only if only there was some sort of digimon centric podcast with me on it that that would be coming out where I could talk all about Digimon, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, David, yeah. uh, until next week, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.